Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 114-106 loss to the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night at Paycom Center, the last game before the All-Star break, a much-deserved All-Star break for everyone involved. Um, the Thunder is going to be out for the next eight days, but until then, we have quite a game to talk about. Um, Barry, triple-double, number three in a row for Josh Giddy tonight. Um, I didn't think he was going to get it. Actually came out of the game late. Then Dagnalt put him and the rest of the starters back in. He ended up getting the rebound he needed. 17 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, three straight triple doubles, um, four on the season. And um, yeah, Barry, just uh, joined Oscar Robertson. It's just the second rookie in NBA history to have three straight triple doubles. Um in a rookie season and uh like i wrote about tonight it seems like we're mentioning oscar robertson a lot first with russell westbrook now with josh giddy what what do you make of this run he's been on well it's he's sort of stepping in, stepping into the void with not just sga hurt but but lou dort now sitting out i think it, what two straight games now but um clearly this is a guy who can sort of elevate, not necessarily elevate his game, but take over an additional responsibility, an additional role. And frankly, what he's really doing is he's shown us that, you know, whereas a month ago, six weeks ago, whenever, we would have said, we think he's going to be really good, but we don't know. I think we do know now. The guy is really good now. Is he going to be a superstar? Time will tell. But he's a really good NBA player. He's He's everything you could ask for in a number a number six overall pick. Exactly. So, so man, I think it just he really emboldens the Thunder future um, to to have a guy like that to play with SGA and Dort and you know whoever else he ends up playing with. But he's just a heck of a ball player, and he's shown it in in a variety of ways. Yeah, you guys should uh, go read the latest Scissor Tales because Barry thought you had a good look at. Um, just what makes him unique as a six foot eight point guard, and sort of comparing him to other big point guards, um, and, and just like how much of an advantage that is. Like he just he sees the floor. I think he would you know have a natural vision about him, but he's able to see the floor better as a bigger guard. Um, and just the passes he throws, I mean, it's it's special. Once he's surrounded by better shooters, it's going to look even better. Those assist numbers are going to be even higher. Um, his three-point shooting still comes and goes. What's really interesting um, from my perspective is that he's been a much better shooter off the dribble than he has as a catch-and-shoot guy. You saw in that next game where he dribbled into a couple and got into a rhythm there. Barry, since we did it, uh, talk after that last next game. Really, really a fun game, and and to see what he and Trey Mann did in the Garden. It seems like Giddy really stepped up. What what would you think after watching that one? Well, it was fun. I just thought, you know, two two rookies to go in and, and play like that. Now the Knickerbockers are a total mess. I mean, I think they led Brooklyn tonight by seventy seven points and somehow lost. <laughs> literally, I think they literally blew a 27-point lead. I think it was 27. Yeah. And they lost to the Nets, who I think uh, were missing their, their best 11 players. So um, <laughs> they're a total mess, the Knicks. But 
you went in there and you you took it to them with the two young guards and um and it was just a you know a spectacular game and uh historic in a lot of ways for I mean think about Trey Mann goes in there and scores 30 as a rookie and he's not even the star of the show not even the best rookie on the floor it, that's his teammate so um the futures you know, the future's always, since Sam Presti made all these trades, the future looks bright. You just have to sort of muddle through this wilderness here. But the future looks brighter than ever, just in the last week, because of Giddy's explosion and because of Trey Mann's rapid development. Barry, do you enjoy talking about triple-doubles after the Westbrook experience? Um, I don't mind it. Um, I would prefer we had something better to talk about. Of a more immediate like, I, nature, but we really scared. don't. I think it's. I think it's cool. I mean, like I, I've been asking him about it after every one. At some point, I'm not going. He's not going to be asked about a triple double. I don't know when that's going to be, but like I, I just don't know how big of a deal uh, to make of it yet or not. But I, I, I want to share you this list. So I went to Basketball Reference, pulled up the triple doubles list. Russell Westbrook is number one all time, hundred and ninety three. Number two is Oscar Robertson with 181. Westbrook passed Robertson when he was a wizard. Um, Josh Giddy is now tied for 124th all time in triple doubles <laughs> with four. He got four, yeah, with four. Three can this I, week. Can I read you some names uh, of guys who have four triple doubles? Sure. I might. I might run. I. I'm, I might just list them all. Gilbert Arenas, Walt Bellamy, Marcus Camby, Derek Coleman, Brad Doherty. Dave DeBusher, Tim Duncan, Joel Embiid, Tim Hardaway, Ron Harper, Drew Holiday, Marcus Johnson, Tony Kukoc, Bob Lanier, Carl Malone, Tracy McGrady, Nate McMillan, John Morant, Doc Rivers, Tree Rollins, Nate Thurman, Nikola Vucevic, Slick Watts, and uh, one of your favorite players, Sasan Whiteside. That's quite a list. It is quite a list. When I saw John Morant on there, I was like, that's that's interesting. I would have thought Morant would have had more, more than four. Well, Drew Holiday, for crying out loud. Drew Holiday, I mean, that's yeah. a heck of a ball player right there. So, yeah. um A lot of the, like, the centers, like, big or big men, like Embiid, Duncan, that makes sense. It's hard to, yeah, to hard get to get those 10 block shots or 10 block shots. Yeah, or 10 but, blocks. But, for crying out loud. Um, Tracy McGrady? I mean, yeah. The, the, key for, the key for Giddy is that the rebounding element. He is... He's a really good rebounder, and he's big. So that's that's what makes him sort of a, a triple-double uh, phenom. And that's really what, what made Westbrook special, one of the best rebounding point guards of all time. So, uh, yeah, we're a little... We're a little jaded on the on the triple double because we went through so many of them and we covered about every aspect of a triple double. It's no longer a novelty, I guess. Um, in in Thunderland, but it's still for a rookie. It's still pretty cool. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it's I think it's a great thing. Just just the development of Giddy to where you can sort of you can sort of depending depend on him. For a whole lot of this stuff. Uh, Tree Rollins averaged 4.3 blocks per game in 1982-83. Always love Tree Rollins. Um, 
I just thought I it was know a cool nothing name. about Tree Rollins, but I think it's the coolest name on the it's list. It's pretty cool. Saying. I think he played at Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four-year player at Clemson. Yeah. So, and and when was he at Clemson? Late seventies? Is that right? Um, let's see. When here. was he? In, when was he a NBA? Seventy-three rookie? to seventy-seven at Clemson. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, he's in the heyday of the ACC. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tom Burleson was there then, and uh, Lynn Elmore, and, you know, just a bunch of it was a big time conference back then. So, um, yeah, Tree Rollins is a cool name. I think is is his first name Wayne. Am I right about that? His real you first. You are name. right about that. Yeah. You asked me Boy, stuff about that's, the night. 19- that's a listen, that's a heck of a pull, Barry. Well, listen, <laughs> y- you can't get anything much past me in the seventies. Now, if you you know, if you want to know who's playing center for the Hawks right now, I'm going to have to struggle with it. But you ask me stuff from the 70s, I got, I got a good shot at it. Man, I feel like that puts you in elite company. I'm just thinking, you know, say, say there was, I don't know, 11,000, 12,000 people at the game tonight. I'm not good at guessing. I, I wonder how many of them could tell me what Tree Rollins' real first name was. Less than five. Less than five, and most of them would be from the Spurs organization. Popovich. <laughs> Popovich, <else>. yeah. <laughs> maybe, Bill, maybe Bill Land. Uh, maybe Michael Cage might have. I don't know. Who's, who's yeah, that's, Thunder got any old-timers? They got any old-timers? I don't know. But I actually no. – I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't stand the ACC these days. However, back in the day, I was sort of a fan of – do you know the ACC in the 70s only had seven teams? I did not know that. Only seven. No Georgia Tech, no Florida State, none of the interlopers. Uh, they only had seven teams. And it was you're talking Maryland, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, um, Wake Forest, Clemson, and Virginia. That's your seven right there. So yeah. that's some, that's some big-time basketball. If, uh, if Giddy gets one more triple-double, which I think he'll get at some point, he will tie LaMelo Ball, which is one of the guys you wrote about and he's often compared to. Um, uh, let's see. Vince Carter had five. Wow. Um, Chris Mullen had five. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, the old Isaiah Thomas. The uh, Dwayne Wade. Bill Walton, so yeah, it's it's a heck of a name. Now, um, Dwayne Wade's one that stuns me. I mean, you'd think Dwayne Wade would have more than five. Y- you would. Because he's a pretty good rebounder, and often yeah. he wasn't a point guard, but he facilitated a bunch. Hey, uh, how much, how far up does it, up the list does he move into a tie for what if he gets to five? Fifth would be a tie for 98th. Wow. <laughs> well, I think, you know, he's going to get there. Probably, he won't get there this week because he's not playing anymore, but Maybe next week. Maybe next week. I mean, so the the top fifty if you have fourteen you have a you're in the top fifty, so Well that's crazy. He's not gonna get there this year, but he probably get there next year. He very well could. He very well could. Um let's talk about Trey Mann because he, he went through a bit of a rough patch in the last couple of weeks leading up to that game in the garden, then scored 30 there. That was his career high tonight. He had 24, 10 of 20, 3 of 7. Barry, I'm I'm in on him being a, a legitimate player. And just with his shot creation ability, he he just – guys can't stay with him. He, he's too quick. His step back is uh, 
just lethal. I mean, he creates so much space with that. When he sees a matchup, like Doug McDermott was matched up against him some tonight. Man just ate him alive on, on that matchup. He, he shoots it well. Um, I, I think they might have found someone not only at 6, but 18. It certainly looks like it. Um, I like him a lot. Um, he t- He's obviously a good shooter, but he is also more of a playmaker, penetrator type than I thought. Uh, he yeah, would he's scores from all three levels. Yeah, yeah, so I like him a lot. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever be a point guard. I doubt he'd be the backup point guard on a really good team like the Thunder hopes to be. But uh, he can be your he can be your microwave off the bench. I think so. Yeah, uh, I like I like everything about the about about the young Trey the young Trey man. Yeah, I. Uh... Trey, Trey Sean, by the way, it says, not, since we're on the topic of real first names, that's his... Uh, Trey, name. Trey Sean. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what else, what, what else, Barry? Um, uh, up from, from the grave from he arose, one. Theo Maladon. Yeah. I mean, Theo Maladon played well. 22 points tonight with, uh, what do you have in? Uh, at 20, 29 minutes, he scored 22 points, 6 of 14 shooting. He's, I was most impressed with that chase down block he had against yeah, Dejounte Murray. That's right. That's right. I didn't know he had that kind of ability. I didn't know that was no, possible. Me neither. Um, you know, he's played a little better since he sort of got back in the rotation the last week or three, whatever it's been. Because there, you know, in January we were thinking, well, this, you know, he basically's fallen off the face of the earth. I think he's got a chance now to to keep his keep his uh, game, his Thunder hopes alive at least, and really his NBA hopes because he seemed to have regressed so much since last season. Led the dang team in minutes played last year, which is crazy. Um, But that was more out of just necessity. He wasn't doing Josh Giddy or Trey Mann things last year. But he seems to be a decent, you know, playing pretty decently. So I'm not ready to say – He's going to be in the NBA four years from now. But he's got a chance to be the way he's been playing. He's shown yeah. that. Him and Poku have both turned it Poku? around. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I don't want to focus too much on Darius Baisley on this pod because we've talked about him a lot and just the growth he's made. But, like, look at Darius Baisley's season, and it's a great reminder of how long the NBA season is. <laughs> like, yes, that's right. Because he was just awful to start the year, and I'm thinking, like, is this, you know, is he even going to be an NBA player next year? Like, can he can he stick in the league? And now it's he's one of the most, he, he, maybe the probably the second best defender on the roster behind Lou Dort, and a more versatile defender than Dort in that he can literally guard, you know, one through five or at least two through five, um, and like Poku and, and Maladone in a similar sense, like they're. Their pivot hasn't been near as drastic as, as Baisley, but it's like we, we make judgments off, you know, 10 games, 20 games, 30 games, but then they can go their next 10 games playing a lot better. And, like, Maladon is an, an example of that. You just just have to be consistent to be a good player. Yeah, and Baisley's found him a niche. Um, it took a while, but – he looks like he can be a really good defender, probably off the bench, 
but he's got a little bit of offense. Now, he didn't do much tonight, two points, one of six shooting. But he he's... I don't even care about the offense. His defense yeah, it, it's a, plays. It, 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 it really helps. And it, it, the one thing he can do, though, and I think he did this a lot at New York, you know, the one... Oh, Evan Fournier talking about Josh Giddy said one of the things that made him effective was they played five out, and if mm-hmm. Baisley's your center, which we've talked a lot about, he's sort of been playing a lot of center. He does have the ability to play outside. Now you don't want him shooting too much, but he can make a three every once in a while and um, drive it a little, not near as well as we thought. But he can play outside, and that opens up the court when you've got. You know the you know the trio of drivers like you know Dort and SGA and Giddy. That's a pretty formidable trio of of guys attacking the basket. So that opens yeah. up the driving lanes and um, that helps. So he's he's become a valuable player, Darius Baisley. Yeah, I just like his mentality. Like I, I don't know if you saw what he said after the game in Chicago, Barry. But yeah, you talked about yeah you talked about it, but he, you know he was upset. He was like, yeah, open yeah. about being, like, frustrated and, like, who cares that we're young and inexperienced? Like, this sucks, basically. <laughs> like, and I totally get it. Like, that's, that's uh, I, I don't know. I think it was refreshing to see sort of his honesty. It wasn't like he was, like, you know, trashing the rebuild process or whatever. It's just, like, in a single game, he lost and he doesn't like to lose and, like, NBA season's long, like we just talked about, so you gotta you gotta move on. But um, I've I went from m- much like being out on uh, Baisley's career, he was a rough rough interview uh, to to last year and to start the year, and now I really enjoy talking to him just because he's he's so insightful and introspective. So um, Isaiah Roby Barry, not a seven of nineteen is not what you want your center to to shoot, but. He did tie his season high with 17 points, had 12 rebounds. He had the Thunder's first six points. I thought he really fought. Um, thought he competed well, got after loose balls, got after rebounds. I'm I'm not sure if or where he fits in the future, but where, what, what's your uh, – what level of stock I'm, do you have for I'm Roby? Not, right not, I'm not overly optimistic about Isaiah Roby, but I will say this. You know, he hadn't played much with the good players. No. He's gotten really only play extensively here, it seems like, the last couple of weeks, really. I mean, he had a few yeah, games. Yeah, he was with the Blue a long yeah. time. And he, he, he got to play a little bit early, but um, is he really any worse than or less of a prospect than Jeremiah Robinson Earl? I mean, I, it's very, it's I, very funny you said this. I told someone today. I think the margin between Roby and Robinson Earl is very slim. And here's what I would. To me, the difference is, Roby's a better athlete. He's more athletic. I think he's got a chance to, you know, do something around the rim, both scoring and defending. So, I'm not, I'm not bullish on either one of them's long-term NBA future, but. And heck, uh, is there is there a difference in their age much? Is how young is Robinson Earl? I don't, um, I need to look. He's that probably twenty one. Oh, yeah, probably it's, so. It's, um, but I mean, there's not a huge. Di- Roby's probably twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, 
Well, I, I just I don't see yeah, much difference. Yeah, Robinson in Earl's twenty one. No, I, I'm I'm with you. And to start the season, like I I thought that was like the an interesting battle, really positionally between Roby and Robinson Earl. I think Robinson Earl got the benefit of the doubt as far as like being the younger guy. You want to see what you have in him. Um, he is less athletic. I think he's more fundamentally sound. Like they, they very much like that. He's a Villanova guy and like does, you know, has good fundamentals, rebounds well, sets screens, defends. I, I do think he's a little better defender than Roby. Um, as a three point shooter, both of them have the capability. I don't know who is would be more consistent in the long run. But yeah, I think I think that's kind of a fascinating debate uh, between those two. I think, you know, if they had to keep one and move on from the other, I think they would keep Robinson Earl just because he's younger in his career, and you know, you maybe have a longer leash to see what he has to to be. But I, I'm with you, not not super optimistic about the, either one. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm happy for him that he has sort of. You know, gotten in and, and got a chance to show that he hadn't fallen off the face of the earth. So, so you know, that's that's good. That's good for him. It's, how about uh, how about Lindy Waters, Barry Norman's own? He made a three point he, shot. He, he he started his career two for two from the field. My favorite, my favorite part of the night. I what, thought it was very cool. I thought it was very cool. And let me tell you what, he didn't hesitate. No, and he shot it. He shot it. It was. I don't know what do you call it. It was a catch and shoot, but he was he was on he was the sort move, of on the basically. run. Yeah, it was yeah. almost a transition where he just he's he's running up court and stops, or, or maybe stop when the pass came in coming his way and hit it on the fly with just you know without hesitation. That was very good. I actually amused myself by watching him when when San Antonio had the ball his first five ten possessions. I just watched him just to see how he'd hold up defensively. And he clearly was sort of finding his way and wasn't 100% positive about every move. But he didn't get beat. He wasn't out of position. He was holding up pretty good. So, you know, that's – he is um, doing what he's, – he's attempting – the Duncan Robinson Cinderella story. Duncan Robinson is given. We, we're e- on the same page tonight. Duncan Robinson has <laughs> given every dead eye shooter like that a, you know, hope that hey, get out there and make shots, and they'll keep putting you out there. Yeah. Um, and it, what I remember is they actually shared a court in college, that Michigan, Oklahoma State game in what would have been twenty seventeen, NCAA tournament ninety three ninety two unbelievable NCAA tournament game. Michigan had four NBA players, and OSU we thought had zero, and then Jawan Evans, you know, ended up uh, making a cup of coffee. Well, since then, Cam McGriff has made made got to play a little in the NBA, and now Lindy Waters turned out OSU had three NBA players out there. So, um, now Waters I think only played eight minutes that night. He was a freshman, but you know, I, I'm I'm so happy for him. I hope he gets to play some more. I hope he. Shoot sixty two percent from three point range, and the Thunder says we better we better put this guy on the court. Uh, yeah, it's it's an awesome story. Uh, I got the chance to sit down with him last week, and he was just really good to talk to. And hearing about his path, like it's cool that he's you know Native American, Oklahoman, went to 
a Norman kid, went to Stillwater, played in Enid. He was playing in some league in Enid, and now he's playing against the San Antonio Spurs. He's really a, a man for all seasons in terms of <laughs> Oklahoma geography. Norman Stillwater, Enid, OKC, everybody can get on board with Lindy Waters. So yeah, I think it's but, but I think, no, I think you, it's cool. You, you mentioned Duncan Robinson. Like, the way you were explaining that first shot, like, that's who came to my mind. A guy who catches it on the run immediately shoots, knowing he's in there for one thing. And Lindy Waters is in there for one thing, and that's to to shoot the ball. So, obviously, you know, Duncan Robinson is like the A++++ outcome, ceiling, whatever, for, for that kind of guy. But, hey, Lindy Waters shot like 45 48% from three-point range in the G League. Obviously, a, a different level of athleticism and size, which is the two things Dagnall always talks about, is the differences. But shooting plays, and it, and if he could like just not totally get destroyed defensively, he's going to get a chance over these last few weeks to to get it in there and play. Yeah, and um, that's really what the last two months should be about. It, it, He's also got size, like he's six six. Yeah, he's a big, tall kid. He's not. Yeah, he's not small now. So, I, I'm pulling for him. I mean, he lives a mile. Uh, let me as the crow as the crow flies. He lives about a mile and a quarter from me. Is where he grew up. I've been in his house. Did a story on him. He had some, you know, unfortunate stuff happen when he was a senior. Was suspended. I thought it was sort of a goofy thing. Um, his his high school career seemed to be over. I did a story on it. it. He got a reprieve, was able to finish the season at Norman North, and um, then went on to Stillwater and had a very good career. So uh, I'll be pulling yeah. for him no matter where he's at, but the fact that he's in he's in Thunderland is just great. And who knows if he's ever going to, you know, if he's ever going to play in the NBA more than just this cup of coffee. But he'll always have tonight where – First yeah. time they threw him the ball in the NBA, he just took it and shoot it, threw it up there, and then it went. So yeah. to me, it's, it's a really cool He can say he made thing. a three pointer and dunked in the same NBA game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, so. you know, it, it, the if if the the worst thing in his future basketball wise is pretty cool. I mean, the the, yeah. the, 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 the base the. The 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 floor of his of his NBA story is really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really good basketball players in the G League and overseas that never get that chance, and and he got it tonight. And um, it it is cool. There's just not many um, local guys who have played for the Thunder. So Lindy Waters is a great story. I'm looking forward to to covering him. I, I actually went back and read that story that you did on him that you're talking about. Jacob did some great stories on him. Uh, so did Nathan Ruiz on, on the OSU beat. So hopefully can uh, keep that up. Um, so, yeah, Lindy Waters signed to a two-way contract. Aaron Wiggins promoted to a standard contract. The Thunder has one open two-way slot now. Um, trying to figure out who that's going to be. Don't know yet. They haven't uh, made a decision on that yet, but they're going to bring in one more guy. Barry, just to... To quickly recap where the roster is, and, and we can talk about more on this moving forward because it's kind of fascinating. They're $23 million under the salary cap. If, if it ended today, every guy would basically get an extra million and a half dollars at the end of the season. Um, the only way they could add salary is if they, they could waive a guy like Roby or Maladone or Derek Favors 
and then use that roster spot to then sign the next Gabriel Deck, who, you know, made around $6 million or so, and, and see if any guy wants to be interested in a rest-of-the-season deal, have, like, a non-guaranteed contract like Deck did for, for next year, but just sort of a, a weird spot. I, I don't think the Thunder is really in, like, a rush to me. Like, there's there's not, like, a penalty if they don't reach the floor. They have to... They have to spend that money either way. So yeah. a lot of people are making a big deal. Why don't they get to the floor? They've got to get to the floor. Well, no, they don't. Like they have to spend that money, but it's either going to yeah, they're know, at the floor. They're at the they're Ken, gonna, they're, Kenrich Williams and Ty Jerome and whoever else, or it's going. Why to wouldn't whoever. you? Why wouldn't you give it to the guys you know and the and the guys that that's been what laboring I'm saying. For like you. a yeah, yeah. Isaiah thanks Roby. for doing this. You for think us. Isaiah Roby couldn't use the money? So. Um, yeah, now the two-way guys, would they be ineligible for any of it, or how's that work? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, um, but it's a good question. But even Dort, Dort's making, what, like yeah, $2 yeah. Million a year or most, something? Most underpaid player in the NBA, in all likelihood. So, uh, yeah, uh, Vit. Uh, uh, yeah, Vit Crutcher. He, 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 needs, he needs a little cash. So, uh, Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> You know, uh, he's been playing most of the season on a two-way contract. So, yeah, that's my vote. My vote is just spread the wealth among the guys you got and the guys you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. What do you think about them uh, keeping Kenrich Williams? Um, I thought um, two things. I think we tend to overrate. I think markets, media fans, maybe even the organizations themselves, tend to overrate and underrate the people in their organization or the people you watch all the time. I think we probably overstated his value. Um, I don't think Thunder was going to get a first-round draft pick for him. No. So I, I don't I don't think they did. I, I think if they would have, they would have. Yeah, they would have pulled the trigger. That. They, yeah. they would have made the deal. So, um, and I don't think, you know, I, I don't know that they. He's worth his, his his future value is worth more than a second round pick or whatever they might have got for him. I don't know. So, he said, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not, but he said he wanted to stay. So, let him stay. Heck. Whether it's next year or the year after, when they're actually trying to win, he can help them win. So, mm-hmm. heck, if he'd have played tonight, they might have won. He's the kind of guy to make, you know, if he, if he plays, I don't want Kredge and uh, Waters play to combine 16 minutes. Give uh, give those minutes to. to uh, well, Jerome and Kenrich Williams. Who Kenrich Williams, they might, they might win that game tonight. So. Yeah. I, I thought it was I, – I, you're going to hear exploring the roster uh, quite a bit come out of Mark Dagnall's mouth. That's basically their version of, of tanking. And, you know, it's – like, Shea obviously has a legit injury. Dort is out. Those guys are likely going to be back sometime after the break. But, like – Sitting Jerome and, and Kenrich Williams out, they both played in that next game. I don't know what they're dealing with, but um, it was listed as an ankle and a shoulder 
whatever it was. But I asked Dignalt about it today. I was like, are those, you know, could those be lingering injuries? And he says, yeah, like they, they could be. We'll have to assess it after the break. So you're, you're going to see more Lindy Waters than Veet Kretschy and Teo Maladon, it, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I just know. don't even know how to, like, report about it because it's they're listing it on the injury report. And my question is, like, again, I'm not saying these are illegitimate injuries because I have no idea. But they could also just be healthy scratches. You don't have to play certain guys. Like, the NBA can't fill, up, fill out your lineup card. So um, it's just going to be – it's just kind of a tricky thing to, to navigate. It is um... – I do think the Thunder's sort of been skating a little bit. Um, you know, the win in New York brought them p- perilously close to Indiana. Um, I don't think they want to. I don't think they want to drop to number five in the in the lottery standings. Indiana got a win tonight. Thunder lose, so it's it's back back to Pacers being two up in the law in the win column. So I think you'll see, and we saw it last year, the, the longer the season, the last month or two, Thunder did more experimenting. They did more, uh, of course, the, the Horford and SGA being out made things really easy. But I think you'll see more of that. I think you'll see more Lindy Waters, more Poku, um, probably less Kenrich Williams, um, just in terms of minutes played, uh, perhaps the games. I just... It's just smart to do that. So um, I think the Thunder's probably in pretty good shape for that fourth the fourth seed in the lottery, and I think they'll take that right now. Yeah, which if you're going to do that, like, I totally understand it. It makes sense. Like, all of this is about positioning yourself for the lottery. But to me, that's even further reason to, to sort of – not sign someone else and give them the extra uh, yeah i'm with 1.5 million for yeah, uh for exactly cooperating <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm 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 with you i'm with you totally yeah um looking at the tankathon standings the upside down standings um i think the thunder i don't want to say locked in at four um i don't think they're going to catch orlando and detroit houston they could catch houston i think it's highly unlikely um the Trailblazers just can't stop winning. You don't have to worry about them uh, anymore. I think Indiana is the one you really have to worry about. But as it stands right now, Thunder have the fourth best odds. And it could be great news and it could be really bad news because fourth best odds, you have a 26% chance of picking sixth, 17% chance of picking seventh, um, only a 2% chance of picking eighth. You can't fall lower than that. Then you have a 12.5% chance of picking first, 12.2 of second, 11.9 of third. Um, so it's it's still a crapshoot. I mean, it, it all comes down to lottery night. Well, you said it, and it is a crapshoot. And what is it? That's what a lottery is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's what it's supposed to be. So, um, yeah, and the difference between, you know, the odds for number one if you're if you're third, and the odds for number one if you're fourth are not that high, not that different. So, um, you know, I think Thunder's played it pretty good. I mean, they've they've clearly put themselves in position to be near the bottom, but they've also played hard. They found players. They've won some games. Um, and I was telling somebody the other day, 
Man, Trey Mann and and uh, and Giddy in Madison Square Garden. Best win of the season. That's not a that's not a <laughs> bad victory. You know, on the animal, no. Traber's always saying that's a bad win. That wasn't a bad win in New York. When you got two rookies that go in and steal the spotlight in Madison Square Garden, that's invaluable in terms yeah. of 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 uh, fortifying those guys' confidence. In terms of showing you what kind of players you've got on your hands, that's. You know that's gold. So, um, yeah, you, you know you can't just go. You can't go in with the idea we're just going to lose all the games and see and hopefully get a good draft pick. That's that's only part of team building and roster building. Yeah, you don't want more losses to be coming because your two rookies are terrible. Like you, you, you want like you want them to be good. You want them to to develop. And if winning means beating in the Knicks when Gideon Man erupts, I, I think um, that's about as good as you could possibly hope for. All right, Barry, it's the All Star break. Um, what are you What are you going to do with you know eight days of not watching the Thunder? Uh, well, in the old days, <laughs> I would go through withdrawal when Durant and Westbrook were running around. I kept thinking, when are they coming back? I can sort of enjoy. I mean. It's nothing like you're going to get to enjoy the break. Um, but I'll find some things to occupy my time. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the lottery standings can get old. Studying, studying the standings upside down can get old. So I, I, I'll take a break from that. And, uh, and, are you, and find are you going to watch the skills challenge? No. <laughs> Not even no, no, no. not even a pause, just no. no. I'm putting a block on on TNT starting Thursday night so that when I flip channels okay. it'll automatically skip. I don't I don't want the all star game, I don't want any of it. I don't want anything of it. Will will you be a good friend and read what I write about Josh Giddy in yes. the skills? Oh I will re- I will read okay. I will read it. Yes, I will, yes, yes. Um it's sort of like it's sort of like uh, you know, to have and have not, uh, or the sun also rises. Read about the Spanish-American War. I don't want to go through it. I don't want to live through it, <laughs> but I will read about it. You know, so uh, oh, that's how boy. I see the All Star Game. I'm, uh, I'm actually me and Mark Dagnall have the same plans for All Star Weekend and the All Star Break. He said he's uh, going no further than Lake Hefner, so. I live in the village. Lake Hefner is uh, not too far at all, and I, I don't want to be going too much further out than Lake Hefner. I want to stay at home and, and do kind of a, a bunch of nothing, a bunch of relaxing, I, I hope. Well, that, you deserve it, so I, I, I wish you well. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, you, you can skip it all, too. You can, skip, <laughs> you, can, you can boycott TNT over the weekend yourself. Someone, someone's got to watch the skills challenge just to make sure it's an actual real thing and uh, a thing that's going to happen. So, all right, that'll do it uh, for us. Thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And we will talk to you in about a week when the Thunder returns to action at home next Thursday against the Suns.